You're listening to the Senior Care Pharmacist Podcast, ASCP's journal come to life. Visit ASCP.com slash journal to read the articles and ASCP.com slash podcasts to listen to more author interviews. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Senior Care Pharmacist Podcast. We took a little break, but we're back to it. I'm one of the hosts, Sammy Blazik, and I hope you're listening to us from a place of hope and well-being. When I was looking at the table of contents for this month, there was one piece that stuck out from the rest, and maybe it's just the geriatrics nerd in me, but does it get more exciting than an article about constipation? I've also met more than a few pharmacists who have stopped using DocuSate altogether, and I had to know what the deal was. If you came up in the days of, you gotta have the mush and the push when it came to constipation, then you probably wondered this too. Again, a really great interview lined up for today. So my guest today is the author of the article, The Role of DocuSate for Constipation in Older People, Dr. Timothy Wynn. He's Professor of Pharmacy Practice at Long Island University. And Dr. Wynn, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, we're so glad that you could you could take some time for us. So my question, my first question is, what has been your professional experience with DocuSate? And really kind of like, you know, when you were a student, a resident or trainee, practitioner to academic, what is, what is I guess, your lifelong exposure or experience with DocuSafe been? Oh, okay. Thank you. Well, I think DocuSafe is widely used and it is one of the most common drugs that I have seen. So many pharmacists recommend people to use. I used to work as a pharmacy technician in a hospital and I remember that DocuSafe was one of the top medications that I fill the bins for almost every patient. I just assumed at that time that it was needed for the patient. However, the more I learned about DocuSay over time, and the more I read about DocuSay in the literature, I stopped and I thought to myself, perhaps what is the role of DocuSay in patient care, especially for older adult patients? We know that many older adult patients have multiple comorbid conditions, and oftentimes they take polypharmacy regimens. I reflected about the adherence, about whether or not the medication would help the patients or it adds more burden to the patient. I thought that whether or not we missed the opportunity to use better medications to help patients feel better instead of using more drugs that may or may not be very helpful for the patient. There are so many other laxative options out there that are so efficacious and safe to use. So that's why I thought and wrote about this docusate use for constipation. Yeah, I think for anybody who works in geriatrics, I think pill burden is definitely something that we are, we're always trying to take into consideration. And certainly, I think every pharmacist out there can agree that there's been a drug or two or seven that have been on the profile that you're like, there's really not any evidence that this is working for the patient. But I will definitely back up that, you know, for for those of us who have been in practice for a while, DocuSate is probably on a good majority of our patients and and their medication regimens for sure. So I think, you know, as as people dig into your review, 
you do a really great overview of why DocuSafe should be abandoned. You know, you've got a lot of evidence with regards to, is this any better than placebo? Is it actually adding anything to the constipation regimen? And so, you know, realizing how ubiquitous DocuSafe is on so many patient regimens, what education have you used for the students and the fellow, you know, pharmacists and providers that you work with to basically decrease the prescribing of DocuSafe? What has been successful for you? Because I'm sure that there are listeners that are like, well, (laughs) this sounds like an uphill climb. You're right. It seems like an uphill climb. And it seems like when I, every time I talk to pharmacists and pharmacy students, and they seem to recommend DocuSafe. So my clinical practice setting is both in ambulatory care and inpatient settings. So my approach to assess for appropriateness use of DocuSafe and attempt to educate the patient on to de-prescribing DocuSafe uh, has been ongoing. And by directly communicating with the patient and with the prescribers. I also talked to a lot of pharmacists and pharmacy students about the data on efficacy of DocuSafe. So, so far, I think most of the communications that have been made to de-prescribing DocuSafe have been very well receptive. And also, there are some physicians that are very happy that that we take the time to talk about DocuSafe and the efficacy data and the polypharmacy burden on older adult patients, especially. Have you been successful in those patients who you've deprescribed DocuSafe? Have you had these patients come back and say, hey, I'm constipated again? Or has it been basically successfully deprescribed? That's a good point. So far, it has been very successful. And, uh, and we know that there are other effective regimens available. And uh, we don't want the patient to take something that may not help the patients while we have something that we know that is very effective for constipation. Yeah. And I think that that, that practice, practice experience, you know, I think there's a lot of that translation of, okay, we've seen it in these clinical trials. We've seen that, okay, maybe this doesn't work versus placebo. But I think it's really important for listeners to hear you know, sort of your experience with this, because I think that that translates, you know, when we can translate that research into something that you're actually doing on a regular basis, and that you're that you're being successful, I think that's really important. So I guess one other thing, I guess I'm just I'm trying to figure out how to yeah, how to ask this. So for those of us who grew up in, you know, and and I'm sure that some listeners are like, Oh, my gosh, Blazik, you're being so crude. But for those of us who grew up, you know, that the hand that writes the opioid writes the stimulant laxative, but you need the mush and the push. So what are you, I guess, what is your go-to regimen for opioid constipation prophylaxis if you're not using DocuSafe? Right. That's a great point. So if we look at the history, the practice history on opioid-induced constipation prevention, the used to go-to regimen that people see was a stimulant and a stool softener. But with the new information available and the decrease and lacking efficacy in terms of using docusate, so for opioid-induced constipation prophylaxis now, I think there are good options available, including combination of a stimulant, like using a Senna, and an osmotic agent. 
like amino acids. So this is the regimen that we routinely use in opioid-induced constipation-associated long-term use patients. And we actually abandoned the use of docuzate in the regimen with Senna. And so far, we have been very successful with this regimen for our patients as well. Perfect. Thank you so much for answering that. So one of the last things that, you know, as I was reading through the paper, I think one of the things that that kind of bubbled to the surface, and so this is, you know, that I think the pharmacist brain kind of works in this way, at least I'm hoping because, you know, I've been a pharmacist for a while. But when we talk about docusate sodium and docusate calcium, I think you you kind of highlight a couple of trials that utilize one or the other. And so, you know, again, my pharmacist brain is like, okay, sodium is something that if it's in the bowel, it's going to bring water in. Calcium, if it's in the bowel, potentially has the ability to constipate. And so is there a difference between these two products? And is there any reason to believe that the calcium aspect of docusate calcium might negate the possible benefits of docusate or in the data pool that you did, did it really not matter calcium versus sodium? Okay, that's that's a great point. When it comes to calcium formulations, we know that calcium products can lead to constipation sometimes. So in my clinical practice, I see more of the docosate sodium formulation issues. I think because of the convenient dosage that it comes in 50 milligrams and 100 milligrams versus Docosate calcium, it comes in higher strength, I think is 300 milligrams. So because we don't use too much of the calcium salt in the docosate, so I cannot tell you of my clinical experience with it, but as far as what I read and what I look into the literature, they appear to be interchangeable between the sodium and the calcium salt in docosate formulation. Okay. That is so interesting. And, you know, I, I, I'm with you. I don't know, you know, I was reading through it. I saw docusate calcium. I'm like, I don't know if I've ever seen that. So it's definitely been the docusate sodium that, that we see again through in the majority of patients that, well, actually in all the patients I've ever seen on docusate, I've always either seen it as docusate sodium or it just says docusate. So Dr. Wynn, thank you so much for for joining me today and, and really kind of digging into a couple of these questions that I had. I really, really appreciate it. I also want to thank you so much for the opportunity and thank you for your time. Absolutely. So Senior Care Pharmacist podcast listeners, thank you so much for joining me today. My guest today is the author of the article, The Role of DocuState for Constipation in Older People. It's coming out in the October issue of the Senior Care Pharmacist, Dr. Timothy Wynn. Thank you so much and take good care, y'all. You're listening to the Senior Care Pharmacist Podcast, ASCP's journal come to life. Visit ASCP.com slash journal to read the articles and ASCP.com slash podcast to listen to more author interviews.